Test your audio. Could some of you, some, somebody speak? Check, check. Hello, check. hello, hello. That's perfect. Right, sweet. We're ready to fucking go. Right, so yeah, as you were just saying, um, you've just got back from, well, I guess the first leg of your tour. How is, uh, how the fuck is that going? How's that feeling? Mad. Yeah, it's been sick, man. Like, uh, it's, uh, it was a long time coming. Like, we do all the booking and stuff uh, in-house for tours and things like that. And uh, what I say we is is mainly me. I'm like blowing my own trumpet, but I am sat on the emails. And then um, there's a lot of stress going into this one. It was a it was a hard one to get put together, just for various reasons. So it got to like the week before the tour, and I was like just stressing about it. I wasn't I wasn't as excited as I normally am. But the shows have right. been phenomenal, man. Like the support we've got is just like honestly, personally for me, I imagine for the other guys as well, it's just blown me away. Like um, we've had people that are traveling to every single one of the shows and followed it around. We had like that's mad. Really, yeah, really good turnouts each night. I had triple figures in London and in South End. Um, people are buying merch saying nice things like it's just kind of it sounds cliche but really I just couldn't ask for it to have gone any better it's been it's been sick man so hopefully the the second leg continues this way otherwise this is going to look really dumb retrospectively me saying this <laughs> <laughs> the first leg was really good but Jesus Christ two people came to the second yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Fell, off, <laughs> fell off you got for you you sold out um, yeah that's really sick to hear I mean I saw you guys a couple of months ago at Blondie's yeah, that show was uh, mm. it was a lot of fun it's a lot of fun. The uh, the Kublai Khan cover went went silly, silly we, hard. You know what? We've been asked to put that back in the set a couple of times. I think we should do it at some point just because it is fun. But I'm like, I'm not a covers person, but no. I really like Kublai Khan and everyone else in the band seems to want to play it. So I'll have to like rescind the veto and stick it back in at some point soon, I reckon. Stick it back in, please, because that shit is tough. Nice one, man. That shit is tough, you, Um... But yeah, I mean, I guess you have other material to be playing. You just released your EP. Um, how's that feeling? What's the response been like? Yeah, sick, man. Really, it's really been really good. Um, yeah, we've we've had um, we've had amazing uh, reviews of it. Um, obviously, you got a seven out of ten in Metal Hammer, which is more than any of us could ever have hoped for. Yeah. Like, grew up reading Metal Hammer, so it was kind of mad seeing like that in there. Um, so yeah, it, it's had a very good response. Like. Yeah, people have just generally like liked the songs and obviously a few of them have been out already, so I was just seeing people's reactions to the two new ones that haven't been out. Um and yeah, I mean people have been coming to the shows and saying that the new songs are sick and they can't wait to hear us play them and uh I mean we're sick of them by now, but uh <laughs> As it people happens, love them. Yeah. It's one of those um one of those things where I feel like uh people don't realise that behind the scenes making something like this takes so fucking long that by the time you actually get to it, it's like these songs could be like two fucking years old and yeah, you're just man. sick of hearing them. But our EP's been hearing. basically finished since last March and it came out two days ago. Like it's <laughs> it's crazy like uh, how long how long it was it's been in the pipeline for. But you are right, man, it's kind of, you know, um, I like seeing it's refreshing I think to see to play shows and see people really enjoying um, the, the the material because we've heard it so many times that kind of like not stale but it is normality to us I rehearse it we listen to it we've had the demos since fucking, you know like a year and a half ago like it's it's a, it's a normal thing for us to know and hear now um, so when people are seeing us live that have only heard it recorded or haven't seen it in person yet, whatever like that, and they're really enjoying it, it kind of boosts my personal love for it as well, I guess. Like, um, from my end, I enjoy the songs more when I see other people enjoying them. So that's why doing the live shows has helped so much. Like, you know, got people who've been shouting lyrics back to us and things all like this. You know, it's like that that sort of stuff reignites your love for it a little bit, which is, uh, which is sweet. That's really sick. Yeah, I mean, th there is that certain thing where because it takes so long, I think you get, like you say, it like becomes norm too normal. And um, like when you first hear like a mix back of, of a record or something, you get so gassed about it. It's like, holy fuck, this is a thing I've made. And then obviously it takes so long that by the time it comes out, you're just like, is this good? Like, I don't know if I've just heard it too much or if it actually is fucking sick. And then, you know, the fan response is always going to be, oh, yeah, no, this is tight. This is sick. And if it just, it's a validating thing. But there's that like lurch you're left in between recording and release where it's just like, well, shit, what if the people, what if everyone says it's shit? What if all of this has just been built up to nothing? But I'm so glad, I'm so glad that the fan response has been good because I mean, the EP fucking slams, dude. Thank and you, like, it's, uh, it's great, it's great fun. I, I did want to kind of delve into like some of the influences on there because I, I particularly, you could tell me I'm completely off base here, but instrumentally, I see a lot of Black Tongue 
influence kind of stuff in there. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially- it's, it's like uh, Zach, our, our guitarist, who couldn't be here today. Not that he's dead. No, he's just busy doing other things. But um, The late, great... Yeah, the Zach- late, great... <laughs> sport, yeah. Rest in peace, sitting on public transport after work. Um, now, uh, man, like, yeah, Black Tongue, obviously, I think, like, the, the go-tos for us, like, we all listen to them and we all really like them. Um, and yeah. I think that kind of subsect of death core, death metal, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, there is a bit of a void there in terms of like a lot of other areas are quite saturated with bands, uh, very good bands, but there's a lot of them. I feel like that kind of down tuned, slow, doomy subsection appeals to a lot of people and there's not tons of bands in it. Um, so yeah, that's a hundred percent there. You've, you've kind of not got one of the parts. I would say quite an easy influence to get though. I'm not going to lie. So you got no. the right, quite right, but it's not too tough of one. I reckon. But, it's um, not too tough. It's the low tuned doomy deathcore yeah. thing, which is like kind of there. Yeah, exactly. Man. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we had like quite a few different influences. I mean, Jude, Jude, like, I think originally when Jude joined the band, started writing with us a few years ago and kind of over time has had, I'd say different influences compared to Niall, Zach and I with me, Niall and Zach have always had quite a similar pool of influence of, of kind of deathcore and you know we, we, we were all kind of growing up on like die art hate that kind of stuff whereas with Jude I think that didn't really come into frame until he joined the band so influence wise for him I guess it's kind of probably a bit different to switch into the mode of writing but, but yeah like I, his influences and what we all listen to has changed so much since like just writing this material I can imagine I can imagine Jude can you speak to that well that's uh yeah, um, I mean, I kind of have infected the band with prog. Um, you know, I brought, <laughs> I, yeah, I brought that, I brought that Meshuggah in, um, yeah. and, a, and a bit more of that kind of stuff. Where it's just sort of, I've always been more sort of prog or like metalcore. I've never really been deep into deathcore, so it's been good because it's kind of been like a balancing force of our music. Where the rest of the guys have been like, oh, you know, on the heavy and on like the groove and like the slam stuff. And I've been like, okay, well, how about this, like, you know, little wee-wee in the background or something, you know, just, <laughs> just a little, the little bit of prog seasoning, you know? Um, it's just like salt. So, yeah. But I mean, the the EP, the EP's had some uh, interesting influences. There's that element that runs through it of like, calling back a little bit to like classic deathcore, like Chelsea Green kind of effects type thing, especially with Zach's riffs. Like he loves that kind of shit. Um, and you know, I've come in with a kind of the Meshuggah style, um, and just some of my other influences like Gajir and some other bits and just subtly kind of crafted something. But I mean, we wrote it, you know, pretty much all together, like, um, me, Zach and Nal sort of bounced around each other and, and came out of like the instrumental stuff. And then, you know, but a lot of the songs are written differently. I mean, Gravedigger was written in, in about sort of 20 minutes on, a, on bean bags while the rest of us are playing pool. Um, that was a really interesting evening because I, I put yeah. it like a, in basically like a little uh, app, uh, my notes app on my phone, like a thing just saying, we need to have X amount of material written by a certain date, like checking it off. And we had like 25 minutes left this writing session we were doing. And I was like, man, we're like just behind on a song. So me and Zach plugged in, he plugged his guitar into like this practice amp that literally was about this big like i'm fucking talking like three centimeters tall like it was it should have been a piece of musical equipment man we plugged this guitar into it created the objectively worst tone i've ever heard quite a musical instrument and um just wrote wrote like the first two thirds of that song sound of beanbag recorded on our phones remember the riffs and then zach ended up demoing it after a while um, and that's ended up being like uh the the second single off of the of the eb and it's done out really well um, yeah, it like influences spread so far and wide. But the main thing we find is just like if you vibe with the music, man. And it sounds so cliche, but like we waited until we all decided, yeah, every riff we're hearing on this EP is sick. And the minute you all think that and you're all behind it, then it doesn't really matter where the influences come from. Like if you're all happy and you're all back in the music, then that's the main thing, I think. That's that's very fucking true. Yeah, sick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think the thing is. You guys have influences from from a from a range a range of things. Like I can hear that on the EP, but it's like they manifest themselves in a in a different kind of way. Like I feel like in terms of the deathcore stuff, it's a it's a it's a cool blend of like the old style of like breakdown heavy deathcore and like the new gloomier, more atmospheric stuff that's been more popular over the past few years. And it kind of combines to make a newer kind of sound. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. And I feel like um, the the thing I, I I love I'd love to hear is like how how far are you in the this is obviously looking forward um, you might have already started writing new material this is this might be so far in the future but how far 
are we going into like the atmospherics and the melodics in the future do you think because i feel like I was, when i was listening to the ep i was like how far are they going to push this in the future because it's teased a little bit on that last song it's teased a little <laughs> bit and uh i'm just i'm i'm very interested in that so well, we shall see. I guess we shall see. Look at this guy being ominous. Uh, I'm going to give you a more direct answer that actually relates to a question from him <laughs> laughing like some fucking idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. um, <laughs> so I uh, I was actually saying today, was it today or yesterday with a band, um, that like playing Monarch, the last song on the EP, is sick to listen to. Like, recorded, I love hearing it. Like, oh, it's the number one song that I'll listen to personally, just to, like, I don't know if I'm practicing my heart like this one. Because um, I like the big riffs and it's very different. You're right, there's like kind of, I think we lent towards like creating an atmosphere with it rather than it just being yeah. a heavy, heavy song. And um, live is the worst for me because it involves a two minute long guitar riff where there's no vocals and I just fucking stand there like a lemon like trying to find something to do myself is awful um, <laughs> but on record it's, it's really cool I love how it sounds I would like personally to have um, some more stuff leading towards that way some longer tracks maybe some stuff which experiments with kind of like soundscape building uh, rather than just heaviness I think the, the thing for us is that we've always been a band that's just like our primary goal is to be as heavy as we can be because we really enjoy that live we enjoy that recorded but also you know, when especially if it comes to like writing an album, which is probably what we'll be doing next in terms of like material in the lineup. Um, like if you've got, you know, 11, 12 spaces on an album, then you can afford to experiment with some stuff. And that's definitely, you know, we're going to make use of that. Um, and I'd like to see more of it. We've already got some stuff written um, kind of in like the bare bones stage. There's a lot of, uh, you know, dirty time signatures, nice and slow, big, angry, horrible atmospheres. But yeah, man, there's there's going to be more of it. I think the thing with us is that we're just like, we've done the heavy stuff and we really like that. And we're going to keep yeah. doing it because we really enjoy it. But we've got time and space to do other things. And it's just a matter of time before we start trying stuff from other avenues. Absolutely. And I, I welcome that wholly because I remember when I heard that last song, I was like, I want more of that. I want more of that shit because I fucking, I, I mean, I do very much vibe with the low and slow stuff. But it was just like, oh shit! There's like a whole other, other dynamic in this, yeah. Um, and I think it would be really cool to see that. And but you're right. Like I feel like on an LP, you have way more space to um, kind of toss ideas out into the ring and see what works. Whereas with an EP, if you if you have such a short time frame and and such few tracks, you don't want to leave it feeling like scatterbrained, I suppose. So you've got like this more concise thing going on on the on the EP. But when you've got like you know 11, 12 songs, like you say, you can just fuck around with it. You can just do some crazy shit. Um, I think where I think where we started all getting into sort of the last few years where we all started like properly delving into Black Tongue, especially like Nadir, where it's just it's diff it's heavy in a different dimension. It's heavy in that like a lot of like heavy music is like heavy in like a, a big riff or like big drums, and you think, oh yeah, that's heavy. Nadir is just like. I don't know, man. It's just like this big, evil. hideous monster. And it's just, yeah. it's evil. It's nefarious. Yeah. It's just, you know, and it's just, there's, there's sections on there where there's no guitar or anything. It's just this horrible, like eerie sound. It's just like that. I, I always try and write for a vibe. I always try and kind of, when I'm listening to music, sort of close my eyes and sort of, sort of hear what it's trying to bring out of me. And that's kind of what I think, we're going to try and put more of in our music of just going, right. Okay. People, we can do the heavy. We know that. How can we make it special? How can we make people go like, you know, how can we create a powerful sense of dread? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Powerful sense of dread. Love yeah, that. Man. Just like overpowering, overwhelming fucking agony. Yeah, I, want, I want people to leave our gigs feeling just like majorly kind of unnerved more than anything else. I want everyone to have a really good time, but I want everyone to have moments during the show where they're like, oh man, I just feel uncomfortable right now. Not in any weird way, just in in terms of like, maybe we can find like a certain frequency of vibration that just makes you feel a little bit anxious, something like that. What's the most resonant frequency you can find to just bring out the room? I'm enjoying these riffs, but like, did I leave the cooker on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got like, I don't know, just write some fucking tunes that when people leave they just feel empty yeah but, they're just yeah. like I don't know what the hell, what's just happened to me I feel violent <laughs> yeah that's the shit <laughs> that's the shit we want to go with I guess so you've, you said that you've had this done for, for quite a while since March last year you said I want to just know like, I want to just delve into like 
what was the process like of, of making this EP? Because it is your second EP, right? And this is, mm. you've been going for a few years and like, what, what led to the decision of making a second EP? What was different with this one versus the previous one? Um, and what have you learned to do going forward from it? So the last one was like a, it was a lockdown baby, basically. Like we, we knew we had loads of spare time and we, we'd never really done like a big writing project before. And we were like, let's meet up and spend some, you know, consistent constant hours writing. So it was it, like the last EP, The Fail Floors, is like the first proper writing project we'd ever done really. So I think this one was kind of like an expansion from that. Like it worked out that we write best when we're together. Um, and especially when it comes to like fleshing out the first ideas and atmospheres of the songs, we always do best when we're kind of like in person together. Um, and it, it taught us some things. So we took that onto this one. But the writing process for us is a very, uh, like, it starts out as a very kind of, um, I'd say, disorganized process almost. In that Zach will create a lot of riffs, Jude will create a lot of riffs. I'll have different lyrical and thematic ideas, these kind of things. And eventually they get pieced together almost accidentally. And when we have enough structure there that we've had through conversations and just demoing by ourselves, we'll go, look, you know, Zach's got this material, Jude's got this material, Niall's done some demos for this, whatever. And we put it together, we've got enough now that we could take it to a practice space and start putting things together kind of definitely. Um, and I feel like that's kind of how we did it for, for Nothing More Wretched. I think as well, um, there's a lot to be said for the long process of writing, giving us time to try to error things. Because we've written a lot of music before Nothing More Wretched ever saw the light of day, which uh, we just weren't happy with. But at the time, we thought we were sick, but we moved on from it and we did a lot of growing in that time period. And um, like, I'm super glad that that's, that's what we kind of chose to do is go for, go for this kind of second EP. Also, from the point of view of it being an EP rather than an album, uh, that's mainly like a financial decision because obviously we're independent. We haven't got a label or anything. So everything we do is fully self-funded. Um, and that means that, you know, we wanted to get material out, but we couldn't sit there and go, right, let's plan for an album because time wasn't on our side. We're hopefully going to be doing that for the next release. I'd imagine that's kind of, I, I guess, what the natural progression would be. Um, yeah, the EP creatively works for us in time-wise and just the format of the music, like you say, uh, gave us, it, it didn't give us the scope to experiment too much, but it absolutely did give us a scope to release kind of like a little pocket of what people can expect to hear more of. Yeah, I can, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a, uh it's one of those things as well when you're a sort of early early band it's like um kind of toy with the idea of doing an lp but doing an lp is as you say like so fucking expensive and there's so much more that goes into it and um yeah i feel like it does the the ep nothing more wretched definitely does um it does the job of like this is what beyond extinction is at its fundamental core like this is what the sound is and it can go in different directions from here but this is this is who the fuck we are and i think you can do you do that really well on this ep um but yeah, I I just oh fuck, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, going into into something, I don't, where the fuck is my my train of thought gone? <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry, dude, I'm so. Jude is even sorry. worse for this man. Like genuinely, I've had conversations with Jude that I've I've repeated three or four times because the guy's brain just works in like a different realm than anybody else. <laughs> the fact that he's managed to stay on topic this long during the interview is like an achievement in itself. So there's always going to be a break at some point. So I'm forgetting something, whether it was me. Well, or, don't worry. I mean, so I've just something. I've just had my dinner, so I'm not thinking about food. So that's where the extra capacity's come from. <laughs> there's like an extra ten to twenty percent left in your brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, oh yeah, that's what the fuck I was going to say. I think in terms of like you going uh, into the EP, having previously written material that you weren't super like happy with and going okay no let's just go with what's what our best stuff is here essentially i think there's a lot of maturity in that and it's a hard thing to do i think even if you aren't super happy with material it's like well i've re i've spent time writing this and we've done yeah recording and recording that's how stuff. it was like yeah. it was it's, like, it, it's still uh, your baby right yeah i mean it was i mean it, it was october 2021 and i remember we were writing down in southampton um, when jasper was at uni there and we spent about a week doing these writing sessions and got some riffs, but it just, it just, it just wasn't like, it just things just weren't moving ahead. We weren't really happy. And we got to the end of the week and it was like, let's just spin it all. And we just took the decision. And it is a little bit of a scary decision to just completely start fresh and go, okay, let's just change our sound. Let's try and dig deep and see what's there. And I remember one of the first things I thought was, well, I'm sick of drop G on guitar. Um, I want to go as low as humanly possible, really. Um, and I had this idea, um, and you'll understand because you're a fellow Loathe fan, of, you know, going to that really 
really low tuning. Um, and I just thought, you know what, that would sound sick. And not too many bands do that low tuning with like deathcore and stuff, um, with a few exceptions, obviously Black Tongue and stuff like that. So I just thought this could be interesting. And I was just thinking like sonically, how can we get the fattest sound possible? Um, so we were just like, should we go to like drop in? I was like, no, nah, we need to go like double drop D. Like we need to get that like really no, low. Yeah, double exactly. drop A, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's you never go. know. You never know. You never know. Might go lower, but I don't think that, I don't think there's much room to go any lower, to be honest. Um, but you know, we just low. we just wanted that that new sound, that fresh break, and I think we've really we broke through that kind of fog and really found we sort of grabbed hold of that sound that we're going to now develop. Like, I, f- I feel like we've got the heavy and we've got the other stuff. I don't know what the other stuff is really, but I know it's there and I know it sounds good when you pair it with the heavy stuff. So that sounds like the most schizophrenic shit ever. I've got to say, man, you said the other stuff, I don't know what it is. There, like, I think I what it is. That special I sauce. I don't know who's yeah, writing it, but it's there. It keeps appearing in my songs. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's in the special sauce, but when you put it on the burger, man, fuck, <laughs> tastes good. So I'm gonna keep doing that. Yeah, I, I think the the thing I find quite interesting about the riffing on this record, and um, I don't know if that's more your influence or Zach's influence, but I feel like it's such a, an interesting thing because you've got this like style of death metal riffing with all the tremolo stuff, but then sort of juxtaposed by this like super low tune chugging which usually isn't paired together actually i mean usually yeah. if you're doing the death metal trems and that that sort of thing it's like drop b at a, at yeah. a maximum like you you can't but you're going like an octave below you're fucking getting that guttural low end in there and um yeah i just i, I think that's sick i think it <laughs> definitely I think it's, sound there. I think it's a bit of the black tongue creeping through so you yeah. listen to Nadir and, you know, you go from, like, the cathedral to second death and it's like, Jesus, like, it's just that that fast sort of blackened death metal straight into, the like, the doom stuff. And it's just like, it, it, I think that it was really important for us to understand when writing in the future and what we did for this EP that rules are kind of there to be broken and that we don't have to stick with oh no we can't go down to that tuning because we're a deathcore band and deathcore bands don't do that no fuck that like we can do what we want like as long as we all agree on it and we all think it sounds good and it's not like a mess like we can really like explore and i'm excited to like you know um continue with these writing sessions that we're having at the moment and see see what we can explore because it's kind of, I kind of feel like we're knocking on the door to something which hasn't really been done that much. So I'm, I'm very excited because I, I want to see kind of what we can craft. Yeah, and I think, I think there's like a, you know, we're not like reinventing the wheel with this stuff. At the end of the day, in the core of it, there's, it's, it's big riffs and it's, you know, the classic kind of chugs that you got from the OG 2010s deathcore and things. And like that base level will always be there that you can find in tons of other bands. But I think the, the thing for us is that we're, we're trying to just get to the stage where you can hear one of our songs and not think that we're like creating something astronomically new, but um, we are able to create music when someone hears it they go oh yeah that's beyond extinction that's the main thing for us man just having something recognisable and it doesn't have to be a world away from what other people are making as long as we love it and other people can can kind of hear us in it then that's uh, I think that's kind of the main thing for us yeah well, that's fucking uh, that's awesome I will say you know there is no such thing as being too low I, I agree. I'm a big. I really agree. I'm a big advocate of. Uh, I mean, look, Darko. Look at Darko. They're yeah. doing, they're in double yeah. drop A. Yeah. Like, look at Stupid Josh Travis. Heavy. Fucking yeah. like, just always in like double drop A. I just fucking did a song in double drop G. Don't yeah. even ever do that. This is what I mean, man. This is that. Like, the way that I look at it is, is when it was like the year 1400 and nobody knew where anything was, and they just got on boats and went out into the ocean. That is the same pioneering spirit as when we sit there and go, let's try and make a song solo, you shit yourself. That is exactly the same mentality. <laughs> it's the exactly the same thing. Like me, me and yeah. like the first ever, like what uh, Vespucci Amerigo, the guy who, who discovered the Americas or whatever it was, the same pioneering spirit that got him on that boat and sailed across the ocean and lost countless friends is what I feel when I'm listening to like any form of sort of sludgy doom metal. And that's what we got to keep a hold of, man. That kind of, you know, that, that idea to adventure and just see how low and how just horribly pooey you can go with the sound of your music. How pooey. Yeah, exactly. We're playing Sea of Thieves of riffs, really. Yeah, exactly. What you're saying yeah. is you are 
the Christopher Columbus of rock music. The Christopher Columbus of rock and roll, baby. Riff. Rock and roll. Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> or some shit. I've got, I've got to say, like, that one this, this is a perfect uh, like segue to me shouting out Harbinger, who are like uh, friends of ours, and I do shout out so, Dylan. What what Dylan Alves. We we all love him and his singular brain cell jumping around that brain. Um, but <laughs> those guys, we the last tour I was on, we were just kind of making names for a. Uh, different uh, ways of distributing Riz and one of those was Carista for Columbus um, so it's only right that these are linked that Carista for Columbus was the guy that sold the seven C's to try and find the lowest tuning you could write deathcore in <laughs> that's fucking great that's fucking great um, seriously though shout out Harbinger yeah, Dylan yeah. is fucking lovely and yeah, Benny's lovely they're great guys we cannot sing their praises high enough uh, top dudes and uh, big things coming for them 100% big big things it's a long time coming right. as well yeah, man. Long time yeah. fucking coming, especially for for Dylan. Jeez, that man's been grafting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was actually I I was on stage with Dylan a few, a few months back. Um, oh, I swear, really? Yeah, with uh, Exist Immortal. Nice man. Yeah, yeah. Because he was on that Exist Immortal song, and we were both up there together. Nice, yeah, it was man. a good fucking time. He's fucking. He's such a good vocalist. Yeah, crazy. So, He's fucking, he intimidates me. Yeah, I do, I do a guestie with them when I tour with them, and it's like, I kind of wish I was doing a guestie with a band that had a shit of vocalist, so I'd look way better. Yeah, I've got to say to them, oh, this is super fun, but like, I am by no, like, by no means, like, uh, you know, competing here, do you know what I'm saying? Nah, I mean, nah, look, man, you, you got you got a fucking We do, we do voice, our bro. thing, bro, we do our thing, you know how it you is. You got a voice, bro, you, you don't, don't. Don't downplay that, man. Thank I mean, you. look, but Dylan is a beast built different. Yeah. A man's yeah, built yeah. different. I just, I literally, as just before we got on this call, I just watched his Malevolence cover. He just good, isn't it, man? It's super good. Yeah. He's fucking insane. Yeah, man. He's yeah, fucking yeah. insane. Such a t- such a strong vocal tone. Yeah, he's well. got a unique voice as well, man. He sounds like, you listen to it, you know it's him, and that's kind of a very hard thing to get. Especially like me personally as like a vocalist, it's hard to go low, 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 and then put your own kind of sound on it. Yeah. Um, which I try really hard to do, and it involves a lot of practice, but Dylan especially, like, you can hear his voice in the in the vocals, especially live, man. It's like um, that unique sound, which is you don't want to miss it, especially in this day and age with death metal and deathcore getting ever popular and crazy vocal techniques being you know popping up here there and everywhere. It's like you've got to be able to stamp your own mark on it, and he does that really well. And it's something which I think I try and do too. Um, but yeah, like there's tons of insane vocalists coming out at the moment and, and doing different things. I think it's really good. I personally one of those people. I think there's, there's a lot of hate goes around for like. Uh, bands that are trying crazy vocal stuff obviously there's the Lorna Shore thing when the, that first EP drops and there's a Will Ramos pick noises and stuff that I think was like obviously the catalyst for loads of people to start doing very similar stuff and don't get me wrong like I'm not going to sit and listen to it all day long because I find it tedious um, that doesn't mean I hate for it I think it's sick that everyone's trying new stuff it's sick people are getting drawn into doing it and and it's opening awareness for kind of like the skill that goes into it because man the amount of conversations i've had of people which are like oh isn't it just like making grunting noises and you're like please like, no like, you do not know what you're talking about <laughs> I, I dare you to try and make those grunting noises having yeah. said that you know like what? Yeah, yeah i was just gonna yeah. say there's, there's two the two worst people in the world are the ones which go oh man that's easy like anyone could do it or the ones which go at any random moment oh, i'll do it right now and prove that you can do it it's like oh my god it's so annoying bus. Like, <laughs> so fuck. It's like no, I'm not gonna fucking do it on the bus. Do you think yeah. I'm some sort of neek? Yeah, like, exactly, man. What the fuck yeah, is your problem? Everyone, yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. I just, I, I guess. Um, I, well, one thing I want to say, sort of, what off of yeah, what yeah. you were saying is, I cannot believe that Lorna Shore are the band that blew up. I mean, they. I mean, they, I absolutely adore that band. Yeah, they are amazing, but they are so ridiculously heavy. Yeah, that I can't believe they're the ones that are like the biggest deathcore in the band right, in the world right now. It's mad, like, isn't it? It's it's crazy. I'm so happy for them because I've listened to them for fucking years. Yeah, and it's just like finally they've they've hit that that stride that they they've been probably aiming for 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 some years. Oh now. man, like they they've they've been doing that doing what they do now for so long, but it's just a. Uh, in my opinion, it's one of those things where it was always been one of those bands that tried something crazy and they tried something crazy and it worked out. The thing that I think a lot of people got to keep in mind and, and you bring it up and you're right in doing so is that like, this wasn't like an overnight thing. Like those guys have been grinding for the best part of like two decades, basically. And it's not like, you know, you just create to the hellfire and suddenly you're there. Like there is, I mean, our, our mate's existentialist, the drummer Ollie was telling me that he, he's been listening to Lawn Shore for so long. The first time he bought a Lawn Shore t-shirt, he got a DM back from Austin when he posted it saying, thanks for buying me a t-shirt. And now that band has a million monthly lessons on Spotify. It's like, they've been doing this madness so long, man. The graft. They've been fucking grafted, mate. Um, 
and I guess I, I want to just vocalist to vocalist. I just want to know, like, if you know your technique, what's your technique? How do you learn? I'm, I'm always interested. So in that I, I started learning when I was just like a teenager, listening to like metalcore, screaming into a mirror, and I was uh, like, Us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone listening to fucking like, asking Alexandria, being like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do that. Exactly, man, exactly. Um, and because I was into that kind of metal and that metalcore stuff, um, like Fry Scream, pretty high end stuff. Um, the band, like, I wasn't doing vocals to suit our band at the time because we were just kids. I was just doing vocals because I wanted to do music stuff. And then as we hit lockdown and we were just like, right, let's try and take this seriously. I mean, even during lockdown, some of us were still like 17 years old. We're like, let's at least try and put this in. Um, I didn't do vocals for ages. I lost kind of confidence in fire screaming and stuff. And uh, I was like, I'm going to teach my, like, reteach myself full chord screams. I'm going to start from scratch, basically. Did that. Um, I had some lessons with some people. I've done lessons and given lessons to people. Um, I just kind of tried to do it as regularly as I could do and make it part of my daily routine because I'm a firm believer that, especially with something as complex as doing vocals, um, trial and error has to be a massive part of your learning process. You have to be doing it so regularly that you get really in tune with the small differences. Um, I do all four squad stuff now, and then um, I like. A lot of the low lows are kind of tunnel throat stuff. A lot of the high highs are just false chords that I try and stick some fire on too. Um, but it's one of those things, man, where it, it, it jumps about day to day because you've got to listen to your voice like you listen to your body. Like, you know, if you were like a professional athlete and you felt like strains in your leg or you felt, you know, you get a tight shoulder or whatever, you'd, you'd warm up and you'd change what you do accordingly. And vocals are the same, man. If I'm struggling to hit those highs, then I'm going to, you know, drop to the lows more. And if I'm struggling with the lows, I'm going to bring it up more. It's like, it does vary. But I think that nowadays there's more attention or at least more kind of acknowledgement that vocalists aren't just making horrible noises and there are there is a level of learning and practice that goes into it. There's so much, there's so much, like, I think that the thing with uh, screaming in particular is, is, um, it's so much nuance in, in how you do it. Like, I feel like the base technique is literally just the start of it. Like, cause yeah. everyone, one, everyone's voice is different. Everyone's voice is going to react differently to making certain noises. Um, and certain things are going to be comfortable for you that aren't comfortable for somebody else. And yeah, I think you, you definitely nailed the, hit the nail on the head there. You need to listen to your body know what's working, know what isn't. And um, yeah, the ultimate thing to any potential vocalist uh, listening to this is um, know when to pull back and not yeah. push yourself. Because Jesus, I remember when I was like a teenager learning to do vocals, I just used to push myself so fucking hard and uh, do the loudest I could and the most, uh, and it's just so bad for your voice to do that. So yeah. bad for your voice. So just learn to be quieter and, and be more controlled. Yeah, that's that's hundred percent it, man. It's just like make the sound, not the projection. That's the main thing. Once you get the sound there, then learn to project safely. Don't try and do it at the same time. Like I have so many people that like people that have taught vocals that they've got the grit, they've got the tone there, that they access the false cause, all these sort of things, they do it really well. Um and the only issue they've got is because when they do it, they're trying too hard to make it really loud. Like when I when I practice, when I'm warming up, like I'm at like whisper volume for like 20 minutes. I'm going to try yeah. to push that hard because the the way that I see it, and it's the same with, with anything that you're doing, you should be doing with as little effort as possible because if you want to last for a 45-minute, hour-long set, you can't be straining the entire time. You've got to give yourself a break. Um, but you are right, yeah. It's like vo I think doing vocals well is a, a, a lesson of learning what not to do rather than to do for a lot of it. There's so much you shouldn't. There's so much you shouldn't. And I mean, you, le you learn it, like you say, it's trial and error. But it's a painful trial and error. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. say, I mean, some people get it quite quickly and mm. uh, some people don't. But I mean, yeah, again, there's so much to do with like almost genetics there, yeah. right? Like, I don't know if you've seen those videos of like Will from Lorna Shaw yeah. and like analyzing his throat and shit. And it's all just, built and stuff, yeah. Yeah. As it turns out, his throat is literally just built different. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. And well, it's the same thing. It's like Jude, man. It's like fucking, I'm five for eight and, uh, and like uh, what could be described vertically challenged along these sort of lines. Jude <laughs> is much taller than me. He's built way broader than me. It's like his talking boys or if he was to be an opera singer, he would get those bassy lows that I can never get. And, and you're not going to be able to like compare that. It's like, you know, Alex Terrible like, from like Slaughter to Prevail. Everyone's like, how does he do that? So I'll tell you how he does it. He's six foot five and his chest is like triple the width of mine. That's how he does it. Like that, yeah, so much of it is like, yeah, biological stuff. And, you know, people struggle because they try and replicate sounds of how other people are and you can do it to a level, but you're never going to like, if, if, if you're five foot two and uh, you're physically built to be thin or skinny, then you can do really, really sick vocals but they probably won't sound like somebody who's built 
directly opposite to you. Um, and, you know, for some people that might suck and that might be a heartbreaking thing, but that is unfortunate reality. I'm never going to play in the NBA, mate. That's probably because I'm five for eight. And unfortunately, I can't change that. But these are realities of life. And, and we have to kind of live with them. <laughs> I was hoping you'd join the NBA. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> money on that. Um, yeah, no, it's absolutely right. I feel like the thing is, though, as well, is just because you're not fucking Matt Honeycutt, just because you're not fucking Alex Tian, yeah. doesn't mean you can't carve your own path and be your own sick version of a vocalist. Like, exactly, man. Everyone has a voice that they can unlock sometime. Definitely, man. I totally it's agree. always gonna it's it, it's gonna sound sick eventually. It might not at first. I mean, God knows, I sound like shit for like <laughs> yeah. five years. Yeah, it doesn't sure. fucking matter. It's, it's where you get to. Is yeah. that's what it's what matters. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, also in terms of like the control thing as well. Like if you look at other horrible sounding vocalists, by horrible I mean amazing technique, yeah, yeah, yeah. horrible noises. Dicky Allen from Infinite Annihilator. Yeah, he's so quiet. Yeah, he's so fucking quiet. And people don't realize that. He's like making the most horrible noises. He's like whispering. People <laughs> tell you, man, like whenever we're like, if I'm warming up or just walk around the stage and I'm making these grunting noises or whatever, I'm not sound there belting them out, screaming super loud. Like I, I'd probably say that Jude would probably be testament to this, but I don't think I ever project at my full screaming volume until we start our set. Like sound checks, I won't do it. When we're warming up, I won't do it. Like you've got a really maintain a level of kind of relaxed state in your body and it's the same with doing any at all louder yeah exactly yeah you know like i'm fucking shouting from across the merch table way louder than i'm ever we didn't screaming at like it's a it's a, you know you've got to give yourself a relaxed body state and like you've got to be when it comes to performing anything you've got to be in a more relaxed state than a tense state because you can't fully access the the range of your body in any sort of way whether you're playing drums whether it's about your feet or it's about your fingers or your voice whatever if you're relaxed, you're going to be able to get a much wider range. You're going to be a more elastic kind of a former than you are if you're kind of rigid and you're worried. And a lot of that's mental, a lot of it's physical, but you've got to nail both of those things when you're performing to get it right, I think. Yeah, and you've and you definitely got to know when... To, more. You got to, yeah, you, you'll definitely end up enjoying it more, but you've definitely got to know, like, how to control yourself in, in that, like... If you get too into it, you might forget how to, or you might just yeah. let go of a certain thing or whatever. And you just gotta, you just gotta figure it out. Like again, you just gotta fucking figure that shit out. And it is, I will say, um, nice to see a relatively sort of young band that technique-wise seems to have their shit together. Thank <laughs> like, you. Thank you. <laughs> so many people who start out just really don't know how the fuck it works and end up blowing their voice out and shit. Yeah, man. Um, there's a lot of people which I've done like lessons with and coached and stuff that have come to be like, oh, I've watched like all of the YouTube tutorials. And I think that's great, but like, they're not made for you. Like if you, if you paid a personal trainer, you're doing that because they're going to make something for you. And it's the same with vocal stuff. Like there's stuff online, which is general rules of thumb, which is great. But learning from that risks you just trying to implement something which works for someone else and doesn't for you. And, you know, learning by doing is super important. Trial and error is super important. You've got to, I think doing stuff wrong is the best way to learn how to do it right often. Um, but especially when it comes to vocals, like if you get off stage and you are coughing up blood, like when I was a kid, man, and we were first doing shows, I'd get home and I couldn't talk and I'd be uh, coughing blood up and it'd be disgusting, all these sort of things. And that is like, if that doesn't teach you very quickly to stop doing what you're doing and change it up, you can really, really hurt yourself, man. And like, I got lucky that I did that for a bit, realized it was wrong, taught myself to do it in a way which didn't make that happen. Um, but like, as a word to anyone who's getting into the music and doing it out there, like if you feel like you could get you could use with some help if you feel like you could do with kind of like change your technique because you're hurting yourself whatever stop what you're doing first and then go from point zero again don't push yourself too hard exactly fucking exactly and um again speaking to the idea that you know it's a you guys are a young band that seems to have this shit together i mean i've seen i see you guys everywhere now which is kind of crazy right like i feel like i've met people in person who i didn't even know listen to your band that are just wearing your merch i've seen shit around whenever i go to london i see like a sticker or a shirt <laughs> or something which is a really fucking cool thing thank you man um, it's pretty mad it is pretty mad like we had it this tour be. man like i was chatting, I chatting to jude about it earlier like people in this tour that were telling us to play songs we released like five years ago and i'm like bro i forgot those songs existed is it the, i don't even know the lyrics <laughs> yeah exactly it's people that are singing lyrics to songs that i forget sometimes i'm like that is crazy man and it's happened like i think it's kind of happened without us really realizing almost kind of like i started this tour and we we're like oh this will be quite fun we'll see how it goes and we're like hitting big numbers every night people are really enjoying the music like people i don't like using the word fan because i think it's fucking stupid because it has a connotation there but people who like our music in the way that a fan likes music and that to me is something which 
I guess, to Jude as well, is just kind of new. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't do this to get to that point. I didn't do this so I could get strange to say I love your music. I was doing it because I, I wanted to be in a band when I was a kid. I didn't care about that side of things. Yeah. You are right, man. When we get to go to gigs and like, I was at Napalm Death the other week and a guy comes up, he's like, man, I'll see you at your show. I'm really excited for it. It's like, that means the world, man, that someone wants to put that time and effort into like, their thought towards like what you do is absolutely crazy i've realized i've just chatted loads jude do you want to tell me what you think about this as well because i've been <laughs> jude what do you think about having fans yeah <laughs> yeah uh i mean it's it is what jasper said it is it's new it's it's weird it's like it's weird but in like a nice way in that like i mean i've had i mean when i went to sleep token when i went to the low show when i went to some other shows maybe the ingested one like people come up to me and be like oh yeah i love your band like i saw you at you know xyz show and i just think that is crazy like it kind of i don't know it's like that it's kind of like oh i mean it's not like it but it's kind of like an ego death where like you just see like the world around you, you just see people like you realize that other people like know who you are it's just like oh my god like why are you perceiving so, so hard <laughs> it, yeah like there's no other like unless you're like an artist or you know like a celebrity or like like a musician or someone like or an actor like it doesn't really happen like to have other people come up to you and be like you know i love what you do it's like you know you wouldn't get that if you're a teacher or like you know what i mean like no one's gonna come up to you and be like saw the ofsted report man like you're my hero like no um but you know it's so yeah it's it's strange but I mean, you know, I ain't gonna lie. It's cool, like it, it, you know. It must be validating. And, and yeah, it, you know what? It's it's more. It, it. I don't. None of us have like egos. None of us are like, oh yeah, bro. I know we're sick. Like you know, I'm in the band. Like none of us are like that. Like we're all just very like, humbled by it and just thinking like it is absolutely so cool that you like took the time to listen or took the time to come to a show or even just checking us out. Like because that's how you know. I got into music where I just was like, no, oh, I'll just go to that show or I'll just, I'll just have a listen to that or I'll look up who the opener for this show is ahead of time. And it's just so cool to see people on that same kind of journey to us. And, you know, I, I know I speak for all the guys when I say we're just so appreciative of anyone who just checked us out and like, regardless of whether they like, you know, really into our music or anything, just taking the time to check out a band that is trying to, their way is just such an invaluable thing because, mm you know, every band that's got big has started out from that point where people have given them a chance. People have decided to buy a CD, decided to buy a t-shirt just on a whim or just being like, you know what, well, you know, you guys are kind of cool. Um, that's how it all starts. And, you know, it's just, it's so nice that people take the time and we've, you know, the, the, we've experienced quite a nice, you know, reaction to the EP and reaction to the tour, like Jasper said. And it's just, it still blows my mind that, you know, we have people who, you know, will, you know, regularly listen to us or regularly buy a merch or regularly come to shows like as like whenever we put a show on, they're there. And it's like, yeah, that man. is crazy. Like that is, it, it's just such a blessing. It must just be like, a, it, it, for me, at least, I feel like getting to that point is like, it starts to feel too real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When people know who you are. <laughs> you uh, know yeah. what I mean? I it, man. Like, I get what you mean. It's like, I'll see people, I'm like, oh, bro, like, this person, I know this person has bought merch and, and they're buying tickets to the shows and they're coming along. I'm like, man, you're choosing to do that with all of your time and you've made a decision in your brain. I'm like, that is fucking crazy. And also That's because crazy. like we, because we had no intentions of ever like doing that for that, doing this for that reason. When it gets to that point, you're like, right, how do you respond to that? Like I, I love when people come up and talk to me and they say things about our set and they get feedback and they say if they enjoyed it, they tell me about it at night. I love that. I still don't really know how to process somebody giving us compliments about it because I'm like, I want to say thank you and I, and like be appreciative and that sort of thing. And we're like, oh man, this amazing kind But when I've done that, it's kind of like, I, I want to give more back. I can't just give out loads of free merch and we lose loads of fucking money. So I, I can't do that. I used to do that. When we were like younger, like we were selling t-shirts for like two pound profit, just trying to get as many out as we could do. Um, but like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a whole new world of just like, uh, you know how to deal with it, interpersonal connections because i as a band as well we're i think we're really good at, like communicators especially internally um but like especially touring and anyone that's done tours will like tell you after day four or five whatever like that uh, if you're cold or you're not feeling well you're hungry or whatever it's very hard to be constantly communicating and socializing and things 
So like, you know, if I'm in a shit mood for whatever reason, if we've had a bad loading or there's been issues, whatever like that, and someone's there who's put such effort in and time into supporting the band, I'm like, I want to give you 100% of my energy back, but I can't because I've only eaten a fucking Greg sausage roll today and I've not drunk <laughs> and I'm pissed off. Like, so it's really hard to balance how you deal with these interactions. But yeah, like as you says, the main thing just to get across is like, whatever emotions we're feeling the main one is just pure gratitude because it's like there's a lot of insanely cool bands out there man like, as you'll know there's tons of sick bands out there and to choose ours to give your time to is not something which we take lightly because if if i wasn't in my band i'd like other bands way more than this band do you know what i mean it's like i'd be like yeah, this wouldn't be my favorite band so the other people will give us that time and that respect is just like monumental to us and it's 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 what keeps it all rolling and going man that's a really fucking good sentiment. I like that a lot. I mean, and it's one of those things that as much as this might be a weird thing to grapple with, it's only going to keep happening. As you guys grow and as you guys keep, you know, playing shows as much as you have, I mean, you've been playing quite a lot this year already. Um, it's only going to happen more often. More people more people are going to recognize you. More people are going to get on the train. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. It must be a, a pretty scary thing to grapple with. But you know what? As you say, it's just like a, a thing you got uh, it's, to some extent. You got to be grateful for because yeah. who knows? Like, uh, why? Who knows why these people are here? It's a scary yeah. thing that goes through your head. It, but, but of course, it, it's because you're doing something right. That's the that's the true answer for that. Well, hopefully, yeah. we just keep doing it. Fingers crossed. Hope. We, won't, we won't release like an experimental jazz album and just fuck off everyone that's ever supported us. Like, ego man. It's fourteen <laughs> hours of like a fucking forty-two over forty-three time signature bass riff. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I'll listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Jasper, I thought you were going to let me have my prog influence. <laughs> I did notice you were wearing an Opus shirt. Yeah, yeah I've got my fucking Ghost Reveries poster up in the corner, mate. Nice. nice. Yeah, gang. Opus gang. Yeah, I mean, the thing is as well, I feel like I see you at like every single fucking gig I go to, dude. We're at like every single, like I, I, you mentioned like you were at Sleep Token. I was a fucking Sleep Token. I met you at the fucking Loath show, seen you at Not Loose, saw you at Cage Fight, seen you at your own fucking show. <laughs> like, Man, you just have everywhere. good music taste. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know, that goes both ways, my friend. That goes both ways. Or we're just, we both have terrible taste. <laughs> It's not like the Spider-Man meme, you know, where it's, like, it's just like people who are fans of listing every one of those bands point each other. The thing, the thing yeah. is, well, man, it's like you can tell, it's really funny because you can tell like um, how likely somebody is to know our band by what gigs we meet them at. So if it's like, okay, well, there's stuff, it's like, yeah, there's loads there, there's heavy guitars there, you know, there's not loose, the beat there, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, there's, there's a crossover there. It's like, I'll meet someone going to like, I don't know, like an indie gig in London and they'll be like, oh man, I know your band. I'm like, the fuck are you doing here bro like why are you here if you're like my band this is some crossover episode like why are you here why am i here yeah, exactly. who is this yeah. <laughs> where am i yeah for real, please man. tell me how to get home <laughs> we have an existential crisis at gigs man yeah man it's fucking bizarre yeah i i've definitely had moments like that where i go to like i went to see phoebe bridges last year nice okay cool. <laughs> and i saw at least like three other people wearing metal shirts and i'm like why are you why are we all here <laughs> I, like, I was wearing like a lorna shaw shirt like, like backstory for all of them like i know one of them bought tickets to a different gig got lost showed up there like one of them thought it was on a different day one of them's really trying to get with a girl who's taking them along or something like that like really nice cool backstories for all of them and they've all converged and like oh yeah we should be listening to horrible screaming music but instead we're listening to nice songs today we're listening to nice songs today just for the day yeah exactly we're not going too fucking crazy with it and the thing is as well i feel i feel like the um the thing with musicians as well is you tend to listen to a lot more music in fact pretty much exclusively music that doesn't sound a whole lot like the ones you make yeah, for yeah. It to some extent, absolutely some i mean um, in our tour van is just like the the most weird playlist possible because you it depends really who it, it, it depends on who's got control of the spotify queue then it also depends on what time of the day it is because if it's driving back from somewhere or it's the end of tour or we're like driving back somewhere late we're all just chilled out after a show it is a hundred percent going to be like west and east coast rap yeah um, gang. and you know we'll just be listening to like notorious big um and like g funk and we'll just be like chilling out um i mean we were listening to like james brown last night and stevie wonder it was yeah, mad dude. um but then like if we go into a gig it'll be like you know dying fetus or like whoever. depends on who's got the queue like i never have the queue because i'm always driving um so luckily yeah everyone's you know avoids me inflicting them with like tesseract or whatever 
Fuck yeah, dude. The, the, the worst yeah, one was uh, the other night. We're driving back from, I think it was driving back from the London gig. I had like a banging headache. I don't know what it was. I think maybe I just hadn't drunk enough water or anything. Duke um, <laughs> got, got put on the queue and uh, my guy uh, put that pendulum song on. It's got like a crazy bass line to it. And um, I was sat in the back of this van, like with my AirPods as loud as I could do, just ambient rain sounds. And all I could hear was <laughs> in the back. I was like, oh, I am literally going to kill someone. <laughs> I was, for real, it was like breaking. I love a bit of pendulum. Yeah, it was, you know what, pendulum. it was one of those ones where, like, any other time it would have been fine, but I was not in the, the mental state, shall we say, to be listening to that music at that point. But man, it is it's very, like, I, I'd say my favorite gig I've ever been to was seeing Young Gravy, who's been like a meme rapper. Uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. This town. So, me and my mate Frenchie from uni, shout out Frenchie, uh, we fucking love this guy. We listened to him like the whole of our uni years. And then it got to like finish in uni, we're like, let's go and see him in Camden. And um, we were walking through Camden and we just bumped into him randomly in the street and we were chatting. Uh, like, just said hi to him, got a photo and stuff like that. And we went to this gig and it was fucking crazy. The vibes were immaculate, man. It was like everyone was having such a good time. It was like, it was all friendly. Like, there was just like jokes the whole night. It was brilliant. And um, the next gig I went to after that, was uh oh man who would have been i think it was despised icon and decapitated and that was literally like we're talking like a month apart and that that mix up, I, was, I was like in camden i was like man like the last time i was here was seeing like a meme rapper and like he was throwing out like bananas from on stage and stuff and now i'm seeing like you know rasta from decap just like ripping to shreds this uh this camden venue man it's uh having that spread so important bro because you you can't be constantly in your own head with one type of music you gotta spread no. out and enjoy yourself haven't you yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I try to keep it as varied as possible myself. I mean, I spend all my creative time making like gent, so I don't yeah, want to yeah. be. I mean, I do listen to a lot of gent, but I don't want to spend all the time listening to that. So I'll listen. Yeah. to I still listen to some indie shit today. I've fucking, I've been, I've been chilling. I love my love my sad girl indie rock. Yeah, shit. man. I've got to yeah. say though, it's like uh, most obvious comment ever. Got like, yeah, I'll make you some gent with the massive veil of my flag hanging up by him. Like, I don't know if you would have guessed it, but I actually quite like gent. Who? <laughs> Who would have thought from yeah, that? Exactly. But then again, I've also got black pink on the wall. So yeah, true, man. Yeah, don't, you know, can't, monuments as well, though. So graphic yeah, nature, Obeth, big so. shout out. They're sick, man. Shout out, big gra- shout out, Harvey so Freeman. Yeah, big man. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, also, I don't know if you noticed, but the veil of my flag is upside down. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking at because I was, I was thinking like the. I was trying to read. It, I was like, oh, it'll be reversed backwards. And I looked at the also- one, and I was like, no, the monuments one is on the right way round, and so is the Obeth one. <laughs> like. It's a it's a long story. It's a, <laughs> a, a male of via is what it is. Now. It's a it's a it's a yeah. It's a it's a ale of ale mate. Um, but yeah, yeah. I fucking I I uh, I don't have that much more to say. Uh, there's some things I wanna I wanna chat to you about after I've finished uh, stop yeah. the recording <laughs> because I I don't think I can say it on on the microphone. But um. <laughs> I appreciate you guys hopping on this and uh, and chatting because I mean it's great to see you guys coming up. Thank you. And uh, I mean, I just I just keep hope I hope that it keeps growing. Thank you. Man. I hope that it I'll keeps see. growing. Yeah. Thank All you, right. Dude. Cool.